Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for July 30th, 2023. Join in our call to worship. As we gather in body and in spirit, we recall that God is always showing up, before us, between us, among us, around us. Like a house built by cooperation and dedication, God is our dwelling place. Like a house built with carefully chosen materials, God shelters us. Like a house built with creativity and foresight, God intends that all things work together for good. We are called together for God's purpose, that God work through us for the good of all. God, who knew each one of us before we knew ourselves, we are called and claimed by you today. You delight as we gather in your name. You celebrate as we gather for your purpose. 
You shape us in form and spirit. May we belong to one another in Jesus' way. Speak dreams and energy into our gathered body and put us to work for your good, glorious vision. Amen.
Our prayer today is from the book, The Lives We Actually Have, by Kate Bowler and Jessica Ritchie. For courage when you don't feel very brave. God, I have no idea what courage is or how to muster it, but I know I need it. Fear is taking up too much space, and I have so little bandwidth left. God, if courage is a gift, then please give it. And if it is a thing for me to learn, then show me how. For blessed are the brave, those who perform big courageous acts of sacrifice, those who move toward fear and danger so the rest of us feel a little more safe. May we also learn bravery in small acts of great love. We who grieve, even if we feel like we are doing it all wrong. We who have received the bad news and take the next right step toward what must be done. We who sit in the shards of a life that has come undone. We who hold another's hands on their hardest days. We who serve and pour out and keep loving, no matter the cost. We who keep still, brave and scared at the same time. Perhaps fear is not something to be vanquished, but rather that strange friend who tells us who we love and what we can't live without. So bless us, God, in our fear, in our shaky hope, because brave looks like that, too, sometimes. Amen. We continue our series on Consider the Birds with the cock, cockiness, and betrayal. Matthew twenty six thirty one through 35, 57 through 60a, then 69 through 75. Then Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Though all become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas the high priest, in whose house the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside, he sat with the guards in order to see how this would end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus, so that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward." Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. 
But he denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are also one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to curse, and he swore an oath, I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said, Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. No one knows how many different breeds of chickens there are worldwide because no one really keeps track. Wikipedia estimates hundreds. However, among chicken breeders, the numbers are more specific. The American Poultry Association recognizes 53 large chicken breeds plus additional bantam chicken breeds. Associates Associations from other nations recognize varying numbers of breeds. Just because a breed is not recognized by an association does not mean it doesn't exist. It is just not common enough in that particular part of the world to make the list. Regardless of the number of recognized breeds of chickens today, most scientists agree that modern chickens are descended from the red jungle fowl, which ranges across much of Southeast Asia and parts of South Asia. These were most likely domesticated for human use around 8,000 years ago. And yes, they were domesticated for their meat and eggs. Chickens are fast-growing creatures that do not compete with humans for food. And someone a long time ago discovered that if you took away the fowl's egg, she would lay another the next day. So chickens produce eggs in abundance that can also be used for food. Still, it must be noted that chickens were domesticated as well for their use in cockfighting. Now, I do not know about you, but I have never given much thought to cockfighting, viewing it as a thing of the past, much like party line telephones. It has been outlawed in all 50 states in this country. In fact, since 2014, it has been against federal law to participate in cockfighting. However, cockfighting is still a sport in several other nations. And unfortunately, illegal cockfighting still goes on in places where it should not. It is a ghastly, inhumane sport, if you can call it a sport, somewhat on the par with bullfighting and bear baiting. Certain species of chickens are better fighters than others. And it all began with that same red jungle fowl. For almost as long as the chicken has been domesticated, it has been used for cockfighting. Debbie Blue explains, The fighting cock was an object of worship among the Babylonians. 
Spiritual cockfights took place outside temples in India. The Greeks used cockfights for gambling, religious ceremonies, and training soldiers for battle. Socrates' last words, according to Plato, were, I owe a cock to Escipios, Crito. Pay him without fail. One of the oldest representations of a fighting cock was found during the excavation of Mizpah, a biblical city near Jerusalem. It dates from the 6th century BCE. The bones of fighting roosters have been found all over the ruins of the ancient Holy Land. The Romans took to the sport like ducks to water. The fighting cock, like the empire championed machismo, took its enemies down by brute force and displayed a vigorous ferocity. This was the cock that Peter heard crow. This is the one that told the tale. Because Peter, of all the disciples, had the most of the fighting cock in him. We know more about Peter than we do most of the other disciples because Peter pushes himself forward. Peter takes the lead. It is Peter who decides to try to walk on water. It is Peter who, when Jesus tells the disciples of his upcoming crucifixion, argues with Jesus. Heaven forbid, Lord, says Peter, this must never happen to you. To which Jesus answers, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Matthew sixteen twenty one through 23 Peter, in his cockiness, is the one to take the lead in telling Jesus, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. But it is Peter who, waiting in the courtyard, denies Jesus three times. The rooster announces Peter's heartbreaking betrayal. Some of the funniest parts of Scripture, and the saddest, are the times when Jesus' disciples argued among themselves which was the greatest among them. It's like they can't resist repeatedly breaking out into these little cockfights, often at the most inopportune times. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus has just taught his disciples that he will be betrayed and killed. What do the disciples do? They argue along the way who is greatest. And scripture doesn't say so, but I would bet that Peter is in the middle of that argument. Mark 9, 33-37, Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Jesus' idea of greatness doesn't line up with their own ideas. 
and they absolutely don't get it. It happens again right in the middle of the Last Supper. A cockfight breaks out in that room on the second floor. Jesus breaks the bread and says, This is my body which is given for you. He pours the wine and says, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. And then, for the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. The disciples begin to question who among them could do such a thing. Then they begin again to argue about who is the greatest. There is something shattering about the Gospels. While Jesus is teaching them about being a servant to all, they are arguing about who is boss. All of the disciples desert Jesus. All of them run away. And Peter Cocksure Peter, who loves Jesus so much, denies Jesus three times just when Jesus needs him most. Peter, the rock, is broken. Brothers and sisters, the world teaches us we must be strong. We must be individualists. We need to be the winners and everyone else the losers. This is bumper sticker theology. If you ain't the lead dog, the scenery never changes. Don't tread on me. Back off. We don't call 911. Jesus' message is the opposite. We are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Jesus lays down his life. Jesus refuses the sword. If we follow Jesus, then we, like Jesus, are to be servant to all. We are to wash one another's feet. We are to consider others before ourselves. But the message the world shouts is so very loud, we can't hear Jesus' voice until we, like Peter, are broken. Leonard Cohen's song puts it like this, Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Listen for that rooster to crow. Listen for the bird of betrayal. When we see ourselves as we really are, then there is room to be broken. Then there is space for God's love and God's light to be poured into our hearts through His great grace and mercy. Amen. Let's turn to our litany of confession. Almighty God, Spirit of purity and grace, whose dwelling is with the humble and contrite heart, Hear your children's confession of sin and grant us mercy. For all that has been evil in our lives, for unholy thoughts and impure motives, for any scorn of goodness, trifling with truth and indifference to beauty, for being petty when we could have been gracious, forgive us, O God. 
For lack of love toward you whose love has never failed, for doubt in your providence, for acts of ingratitude, and for disobedience to visions we have been able to see, forgive us, O God. For the wrong we have done to our neighbors, for silence in the face of war, for neglect of charity and failure in justice, for forgetfulness of others' pain and for advantage taken of another's weakness. Forgive us, O God. For our faulty following of the Master, our slow faith in His power to save, our timid, hesitant answers to His call for service, our insensibility to the meaning of the cross for all that bars our discipleship and makes it difficult for others to believe in Him. Forgive us, O God. May God, who is almighty and merciful, forgive our sins, O empower us to overcome temptation, and enable us to love as Jesus loved. Amen. Let me be a
receive the benediction. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen.